Well, welcome to this edition of True Talk, where I'm going to be talking about the question, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? What are you supposed to be doing? And I'm going to try to leave some time toward the end so that um, you can ask some questions and we can really make it a discussion and make it practical and relevant to your life right where you are. I am convinced that there are real biblical answers, biblical solutions to the real problems that we face in our world today. And it helps us to be able to take a good look and then be able to apply those biblical solutions to the problems that we find in our world. It is reported that only 30% of Americans like their job. That's an issue when 70% of people who have to go to work every day would really rather not be going to the job that they're going to. So what on earth are we supposed to be doing? That's the quintessential question that we want to tackle in this session. And it's such a huge question that we won't be able to finish the whole thing in one session. So we'll have more time at another time. And I I want to look at a a biblical foundation of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 13. Notice this. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And notice what he goes on to say. He says, then... You will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And notice what he goes on to say. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God's telling us in essence here, I've got plans for you. He's our father. He's our creator. And he knows the plans. It's not that he guesses, that he thinks that you'd be good at this or you could do that if you wanted to. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. That ought to really touch you to know that God knows plans specifically for your life. The very reason that he allowed you to come into being. That should really touch you to know that you're not an accident that you were not just the result of, the, of a passion between a man and a woman who couldn't keep their hands off of each other. And you're just here. God planned for you to be here. He had a purpose in your coming into this world. And God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So God has plans in store for our lives. And he said to us that you'll call on me and pray to me and then I will listen to you. And he says you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Now that is to tell us God's saying I've got plans for your life. I've got plans for your life. I know what they are. You don't know what they are. So he says I want you to come to me and talk to me because 
I know the answer to what bothers you. I'm the one who has the scratching power to the thing that is itching you. The thing that you are itching to know, I can scratch it. And there is an itch that God puts in every human being that only God can scratch. You can't scratch it with alcohol. You can't scratch it with money. There's an itch in your life that only God can scratch. And this is why he says to us, I want you to come to me, pray to me. And when you seek me with all of your hearts, I'll let you know. So when you really get hungry to know the answer to the question, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Because we just don't know. We, we, we look in the, in the one ads, we look and try to find out what's happening in the marketplace and trying to figure, you know, uh, college students trying to figure what they should major in. What am I supposed to do? And suppose something happens that disrupts the plans that you were pursuing. Where is God in all of this? What am I supposed to do now? Suppose you were training to do this and God had a plan all the while. I've, I've, I've heard of situations professional athletes that had trained all of their life to play pro ball and then they got injured and couldn't play anymore and God had orchestrated it and they didn't know right at that moment but when they start seeking God God showed them this is why I turned you from that direction because here was your real purpose so we have to seek God we have to seek God and he's, he's just letting us know that if you want the answers to the things that perplex you, God says, I've got those answers and I'm here available for you to talk to whenever you get ready. He says, I want you to seek me. I'm not going to just bring it and drop it on you. Now, there are some callings that are different. You see, I didn't have to go through that process. The call arrested me at a young age. I first heard the voice of the Lord when I was seven years old. And I discovered, though, that not everybody has those kinds of experiences. So I can't use my personal experience as to how I was connected with my call as, as a pattern for how you should believe because it works differently for different people. Some people do hear a voice. Some people have a dream. Some people have somebody to stand them up in a line and prophesy to them and just gives it to them like that. But it works differently for different people. God doesn't have just one way that he can speak to us and unveil his purposes. But I want you to realize that to really begin to understand God's will and purpose for you, get into his presence. Get into his presence. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But to really understand God's will and purpose for you, get into his presence. You ask that question, what am I supposed to do? be doing. Get into the presence of God because God in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, in his presence, get into God's presence. Now, let me give you the pattern for it. Praise, praise brings us into his presence. Praise. When you begin to praise God, God inhabits the praises of his people. So praise brings us into his presence. Praising God brings us into the presence of God. When you begin to praise God, praising God brings heaven to earth. You know why? So that then we can get more earth to heaven. 
So praising God brings us into his presence because God inhabits the praises of his people. I want to walk you through a process. Praise brings us into his presence. Say that with me. Praise brings us into his presence. Now his presence brings us his protection. His presence brings us his protection. This is a, this is a process. God's presence brings his protection. Praise brings us into his presence. Praise brings his presence because God inhabits the praises of his people, but his presence brings his protection. When God is there, he's your protector. If God is there, it's almost like shooting your mouth off because you know your daddy is standing there. So praise brings us into his presence. His presence produces his protection. Protection. Now here's what protection does. Protection produces his peace. Protection produces peace. When you know that you are protected, you can sleep at night. When you know God's got your back, you can rest. When you know the Lord is your shield and your buckler, that he goes before you, that he's behind you, that he's beside you, he's above you, under you, that he's in you. When you know God is your protection, now you can have peace. Even though you might live in a dangerous neighborhood, but you know, you know the blood of Jesus is covering you, covering your family, covering your children. It brings a peace to know that God's presence is protecting you because praise brings his presence. His presence brings his protection. Out of God's protection, now we experience God's peace. So the pro- protection of God produces the peace of God. And here's what, what happens The peace of God then unveils God's purpose because God speaks to us while we're in peace. He is not the author of confusion and God is not going to come into your confused mess of all of your turmoil and all of your stress and all of your drama. You can't figure out what God wants for you when you're all in in drama and your veins are popping out of your neck and you're arguing in your homes. You... God can't talk to you in a, in a situation like that when you have lost your temper. It is when you're in peace that God begins to speak to you. You can be in a party and have secular music going on around you. And all of a sudden, in the stillness of this emptiness on the inside of you, God says, what are you doing here? This is not the place for you. God can talk to you right in the midst of a situation But it's where his peace is with us. Peace unveils God's purpose. God reveals his purpose during times of peace. Because the kingdom of God is established in peace. It is a peaceful kingdom. That's why he's called the prince of peace. So when you are walking with God, remember praise brings his presence. The presence of God summons God's protection. The protection of God produces God's peace. God's protection produces his peace in our hearts. Once you have peace, the peace of God, it reveals God's purpose. And when the purpose of God comes, now here's the next step. 
Purpose then summons God's power. Purpose summons God's power. Once God, you have a purpose, now God's power is then made available to you to accomplish that. When Jesus uh, gave power to his disciples, Luke chapter 10, he gave power to his disciples and told them, now you cast out devils, raise, raise the dead, heal the sick. He gave them power to destroy the works of the devil. See, for this purpose was the Son of Man or the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. The purpose of God summoned God's power. When you have God's purpose, God then supplies the power to accomplish his purpose. Because remember, if it is a God purpose, it's not by might. It is not by power. It is by his spirit. It is not by your wisdom. It's not because of the books that you've read and the words that you've looked up. It is by God's spirit. So the protection of God, remember, brings us into God's peace. God's peace then unfolds God's purpose. God's purpose then summons God's power. And once you have God's power, God's power then brings us into this place where it produces God's provisions. God's power produces God's provision. It's the power of God that then brings the provision of God into your life. So remember, it all happens by simply praising God. Because what does praise do? Praise brings God's presence. It brings God's presence. God's presence produces God's protection. It brings God's protection. Once you know you're protected by God, the, the, the protection of God then produces God's peace. Peace unveils God's purpose. Purpose then summons God's power. And then power actually then provides God's provisions. You see the process? So when you get into the presence of God, just, just by, by praising him. You can be in the midst of, of confusion. And when you start, you can have a praise in your heart. A praise in your mind. You, you can have crazy stuff going on in your finances, in your relationships. But when you start praising God, when you start praising God, I'm just telling you, there's sometimes that the Holy Ghost will hit you and make you undignified. Trust me. Trust me. I meant God can hit you in your spirit and, hey, oh, Glory. You, you just start hollering out. Somebody will be begin to do that. You know, I, I was in, in, in one church and, and, and one pastor, uh, you, you know, dignified. And all of a sudden, he just started screaming. And, and I couldn't understand, what in the world is this man screaming about? But he was screaming in the spirit. He was screaming in the spirit. He wasn't screaming because he was afraid. When he was screaming... I mean, something happened and shifted in the realm of the spirit. The anointing of God broke through in the atmosphere. God used a scream. I'm just telling you, God can take the foolish things of this world and begin to confound the wise. You may not understand what you're doing, but sometimes somebody comes into the church and you're dealing with turmoil and confusion and frustrating situations in your home. And you can't even articulate it in words. The Holy Ghost knows how to interpret your frustration, your pain, 
your worry, your anxiety. Oh, glory. When you can just cry out to God. I'm just here to tell you that a scream sometimes. When you just sometimes begin to scream. Scream is an alarm that is sending notice to the devil that help is on the way. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place tonight. But that's sometimes that every now and then, every now and then, you have to send in a, a, a sound an alarm in the realm of the spirit. And it is letting him know, devil, whatever you're doing now, you better try to finish your last lick in here because help is on the way. When you begin, I'm telling you, it is a praise that cannot sometimes be articulated with words of articulate speech. But in the realm of the spirit, you are creating a sound. It is like you're lifting up your voice like a trumpet. And it is saying, help over here. Send your help, Lord. Send your power. Send your anointing. Send your spirit, God. Send your burden destroying, yoke destroying, undoing things, God, that will break every yoke here in this place. In the name of Jesus, you are sounding an alarm in the realm of the spirit, letting him know, devil, you're, you're, you're on a limited time scale now because help is on the way. And you better get out of the way because that scream is a siren that lets the devil know the popo is coming. The Holy Ghost is about to put you under arrest. He's getting ready to stop your foolishness. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place tonight. But every now and then, you can't always articulate in, in an intelligent kind of a prayer. you got to be able to holler out to God and it's a praise that he knows how to articulate. God knows how to interpret everything that you're dealing with. Have you ever hurt so bad that all you could do was groan? All you could do was grunt? And God knows what that grunt is. He knows what that groan is. He knows what moaning in the spirit is when your words can't even articulate. God knows, God knows, God knows. And somehow it is able to summon God's presence. And when the presence of God gets there, my God, his presence brings his protection. I'm just telling you, sometimes you're sounding an alarm and it brings the presence of God into the place and the protection. The presence brings God's protection. God's protection then brings his peace. The peace then begins to unveil God's purpose. The purpose then summons God's power. The power then provides God's provisions. And see, most people are just trying to rush to the provisions. They want what's in his hand, but you got to get in his presence. Get in his presence. Don't seek his hand, seek his face. Seek his heart. And once you've got the heart of God, once you've gotten in God's presence, what's in his hands are made available to you. It begins to bless your life in a wonderful, wonderful way. Now, uh, th th there are too many people that are in the world that are trying to figure out this question. How do I find a dream that matches my unique talents and skills? How do I find a dream that matches my unique talents and skill? We, we know that we're gifted and sometimes people will look at their gift sets and try to assess those to determine what your dream should be. But that's really the wrong question. The right question is this, how do I develop the skills to match my dream? How do I develop the skills to match my dreams? Because God will give you a dream that you have to grow into. When God shows you a dream, you can't necessarily accomplish it right then. That's why the vision is for an appointed time. 
Because he will show you something that you have to grow into in order to be able to fulfill it. So the question is, how do I develop my skills to match my dream? What is it that God is putting in your heart to do? What is it that he's putting in your heart to do? Don't go looking for a dream to match your skills. Start looking for the skills to develop the skills in order to match your dream. Sam Roberts said this, that when you know who you are, you know who you don't have to be. When you know who you are, you know who you don't have to be. So there's something liberating about that. Just finding out who am I? Who am I? Once you find out the who, the who determines the, the what. The who determines the, the what. The who determines the what. When God caused Moses to be born, Moses was a deliverer. The who determined the the what, not the other way around. The who determines the what. The who determines the what. Because the gift and the calling is in the who, not the what. The who determines the what. The who determines the what. I want you to take a look at this little video clip. This young lady named Kyla Payne. Take a look. 20, 30, 40, 50. What I say a lot is I forget that I'm small until the world reminds me. My name is Kayla Payne. I teach second grade at Armstrong Elementary and I love it because this is my dream. I've always wanted to teach and there are a lot of different reasons why people want to teach but for me it's simple. I just want to be the one person that can show a kid the encouragement and love that they need that there's nothing they can't do because a lot of kids don't have that and I know what it's like not to have that. As a child Parents come in all forms, and not saying my parents were bad, but as a child, they lacked the skills to be able to encourage me and to be able to tell me that I was good at stuff. Instead, they usually told me that I was a failure, that they didn't really want me, that I wasn't smart. And so years upon years, I believed it. And I wondered what my purpose was on this earth. Even though I've only been teaching for like 12 days, <laughs> if, if I've already figured out that this is where I belong. You can hear me clap twice. All right, good job. Well, I saw a passionate educator, first and foremost. When I looked through her resume, she was a good match for what we were looking for. And that is someone who wants to be the change, the light, and a difference for our students at Armstrong. And so when I brought her in, I saw just that. And so she then calls me back and says, hey, we want to hire you. Hearing those words, like, stopped my heart. Because I was like, part of me was, oh, my word, this day is here. Like, this is the day you planned for for four years in college. And the other part of me was, oh, my word, I can't do this. Were you surprised when she said, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks? I was shocked, and my feelings were hurt. And so I called the district office and I said, why would you guys send me a candidate that doesn't want a job? 
I called her up on the telephone and I said, hey, Kayla, tell me, why did you decide that you no longer want this job? And just kind of listened to her and, and be a good listener and, and hear the things that she was telling me and just knowing, okay, I've got to give her some advice because she is somebody that needs to be in that classroom with her students. She has a heart, she has passion, and we're not going to let fear seep in. And it was the teamwork from the district office level to the building level and then to a passionate educator who was committed to making a difference. So it all worked together for the good of us finding a candidate who wants to make children's lives better. I know I'm not an ordinary kid. I used the book, We're All Wonders. That's how I started my first day of school. We read it and then we talked about how we're all wonders. And then we cast off. For the boy in wonder had one eye. I have dwarfism, which is why I'm small. Some of them may have glasses. Some of them may have black hair or blonde hair, but we're all different. But at the end, we're all unique. And so after doing that read aloud, the question has never came back up in my room. They just accept me for who I am. And quite frankly, there has been one occasion where there was an older child, an older student who was walking down the hallway and they, they called me a name. And my kids were the first to say, no, she's my teacher. That's not nice. So that warmed my heart, and that was within the first week of school. During my childhood, I often asked God why. And then I came up with, I feel like I got the answer of, it's because if you can change it so that one other person doesn't have to go through the same thing, it's all worth it. If I can encourage someone, then my job is done for the day. I want to be able to sprinkle like the little seeds of love and kindness to my kids so that they know and so that hopefully they grow up to be people who are kind and people who know that no matter what comes in their way they'll win billions of people people of all different colors people who walk and talk differently people who look different like me isn't it amazing how she came into this place of discovering her purpose and finding out what made her come alive the same way that we have to discover ours. And notice when they called her to let her know that you've got the job, she turned them down. She was scared. Your dream can sometimes be a bit intimidating. Now let me say this to you. Because a lot of people have heard this advice. Follow your passions. How many of you all have heard that? You've heard follow your passions. Follow your passions. Well, you know, I'm a very practical person. And there are a lot of people that have passions, and passions don't always pay bills. How many of you know you have to pay bills? <laughs> you know the mortgage has to be paid, the rent has to be paid, car note has to be paid, insurance has to be paid, gas has to be bought. You know, you got to put food on the table, and you're out there trying to do your passion. <laughs> no, no, this, is, this is grown folks' church. This is real talk. This is true talk. So, here's the deal. That's not always good advice to young people. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. Here's the deal. Find a skill. Find an interest. Find particular knowledge and master it. Get really good at it. And start working in that area. And listen, the more that you master in a particular area, the less you'll have to do jobs that you don't like doing 
and the more opportunities that will open up for you to do the things that you actually like to do. It's like being faithful over a little. Now, listen, I knew that my destiny was in ministry, but my first job was not in ministry. But let me assure you of this. Every place that God had me to work before I stepped into full-time ministry was in preparation for who I am and what I'm doing today. And it didn't look like ministry. One of my jobs, I was working in a health food store cutting cheese and wrapping it. Cutting cheese. Cutting cheese. My first job was delivering newspapers before I went to school, while it was still dark outside. Because my daddy didn't believe in giving his children. My daddy had six boys. And he didn't give now one of us. Y'all know what the term now one means? Ask somebody who's older than you are. They'll tell you what now one means. But my daddy didn't give now one of his boys an allowance. What my daddy did was gave us an opportunity to be able to earn money. And I had to get my behind up out of the bed when it was cold outside and dark outside. And it didn't look like ministry to me. And I had to deliver newspapers. And every three months, I had to write my bills out and put them in that mailbox. And when they didn't pay their bills, I went up to that door and knocked on that door and said, I'm here to collect my money for the Atlanta Daily Newspaper that I have been delivering to your, paper, to your house here every single day for the last three months. Where is my money? <laughs> and I worked in manufacturing and I worked in accounting and I was a manager of information systems for 10 years. And it didn't look like ministry, but every place that God had me had everything to do because ministry is people. Ministry is people. Ministry is people. Ministry is people. I was out with a guy and uh, we were with a whole group of folks and and we were celebrating somebody's birthday. And and this dude, he, he he didn't work in that industry, but what he did, you know, he stood up and just started singing happy birthday to whoever the birthday person was. I don't even remember whose birthday it was. But he stood up and just, and he started showing up and started doing so many runs and frills with his voice that the, uh, the activity director, the cruise director for Carnival Cruise was in the place. And he was, he, he was struck by the voice. He heard creativity. Now, he wasn't on the job. He was just acting a fool in a restaurant. The man offered him a job on the spot. I'm just telling you, don't follow your passion. Find a skill. Find a skill, a talent, an ability. Master it. Some interest, some specialized knowledge that is valuable and usable to the world. 